Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Welcome back to the Healthy Family Project podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Kiefer, and today we are talking with our team registered dietitian over here at Healthy Family Project, Sally Kuzemchak. She is the author of realmomnutrition.com and contributes regularly to our website, healthyfamilyproject.com. She approves, puts her stamp of approval on all of our recipes and is active in our Healthy Family Project Facebook group if you want to chat direct with her over there. Um, She and I actually talked on episode 47 about reading nutrition labels awesome, great episode. If you want to go back and give that a listen, kind of ties in what we're, what kind of was what we're going to talk about today. Um, We also talked about lunchbox packing mistakes to avoid in episode 34. Um, Check that out as well. Today, we're going to be talking all about buying organic, what you need to know. Um, So we're going to jump into that. But just to reference back a little bit, Sally has some new Great blog posts on our site, including salt and kids, should you worry. Um, Just kind of diving into that topic and biggest myths and truths about carbs, always a hot topic in our community. Sally is the author of two cookbooks, The 101 Healthiest Foods for Kids, a guidebook to the best whole foods for kids, and Cooking Light Dinnertime Survival Guide, a cookbook for busy families. We will link up to both of those in the show notes if you're interested in adding those to your cookbook library. Sally is an award-winning reporter and writer. Sally serves as contributing editor for Parents Magazine and a blogger for WebMD. Her writing has been published in magazines including Prevention, Health, Family Circle, Eating Well, Fitness, and Shape. And today, Sally and I are going to talk, as I mentioned, all about buying organic and what you need to know. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the show, Sally. Great to have you back. It's been a while. Today, we are talking about buying organic, to buy or not to buy, and what we really need to know. Just in case we have some newbies listening, if this is your first episode, can you tell listeners a little bit about you? Sure. Um, Thanks for having me back. Uh, My name is Sally Kazemchak. I'm a registered dietitian. I'm a mom of two kids and I blog over at Real Mom Nutrition, which is a no judgment zone about feeding a family. Awesome. Well, welcome. Wonderful to have you back. And let's get right into today's topic, to buy or not to buy organic. I know many, 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 many people think that, well, if it's organic, it must be healthy. There are items all over the grocery store that are labeled organic. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what department in the grocery store you see it there. Can you talk for a minute about that? Does organic mean healthy? Kind of a loaded question. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Um, No, but. Um, So the the research is really not clear on whether organic food, and I'm talking about whole foods, like organic fruits and vegetables. The research is just not clear on whether those foods um, are healthier in terms of, say, vitamin mineral content or antioxidants or healthy fats. The research kind of goes back and forth and just doesn't seem conclusive. But especially with packaged foods, there can be this sort of health halo over those when they say organic. And some people can assume that that item is healthy when 
it could be, for instance, like organic gummy bears. Right. And so you still really need to read the ingredient list and use common sense. So an organic cookie is still a cookie. It's not like the organic label somehow elevates that item to a healthy food that would be on par with, say, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables. So you really have to you know, use that common sense in the store. And, you know, a lot of those labels on the front of a package are marketing and the real information is on the back. So if you, if you choose to buy organic, that's great. You're going to be looking for that organic um, seal. And if not, that's okay too, but your real information should be that ingredient list. And then the nutrition facts panel too is, is helpful, but don't assume just because something has an organic label on it, then it's any healthy any is healthier for you in any way. And let me tell you, my kids like to use that on me in the grocery store when you said the organic cookies. They're like, well, they're organic. They're like pulling all the things. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are, there there were organic Doritos. I mean, you can find organic versions (laughs) of of everything. And and again, like if you are specifically choosing organic foods, um, then you'll want to be looking for that. But, you know, it doesn't make those Doritos suddenly you know, broccoli. Or right, kale right, or right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like my kids, they have a whole, whole list of tricks they like to pull, but that's definitely mm-hmm. one of them. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, you, you mentioned, you know, fresh produce a little bit. Let's touch on, on that uh, department in the grocery store. And I know every year we see this dirty dozen list come out, which touches on the cleanest and dirtiest when it comes to pesticide residues on our produce. I did have a chance to read your article um, that you did on parents.com, which we'll link up to in the show notes. But I'm interested to hear your take on on kind of that list and share that with our listeners today. Sure. So that list is from a group called the Environmental Working Group, and they're an advocacy group. Um, they're a big supporter of organic food. They release these lists every year, and they are ranking fruits and vegetables in terms of pesticide residues, how many residues were found on them after those fruits and vegetables have been washed, peeled, basically like what you would do at home before eating something. And that data actually does come from the USDA. The USDA does these tests on fruits and vegetables, and then um, Environmental Working Group or EWG takes that data and creates these ranked lists. And I will be honest with you, I actually used to use these lists myself. I printed, um, I printed them out in a little wallet card, and I would keep them and shop with them. But the more I learned about them in researching this topic, um, the less that I was convinced that um, these lists were helpful. So. These lists, I, I, and I will give both sides of this. Um, the lists can be helpful if if buying organic is important to you and you want sort of a bottom line of of what to prioritize. So, um, you know, for instance, right this year's Dirty Dozen things like uh, strawberries, spinach, and kale—they're the top three, and and it's in order of pesticide residue. And EWG says you should buy those things as organic because they have the most pesticide residues on them, whereas their Clean Fifteen are the fruits and vegetables with the least amount of pesticide residues. And those are things like avocado, sweet corn, pineapple. And the group says you can do conventional for those, no problem. So some people, that's very helpful to them. They can say, okay, I'm going to prioritize these certain things because as we know, organic is often more expensive. And there aren't many people who can go into the store and buy all organic everything and stay on their budget. Right. So some people find it useful for that 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 reason. And I'm not going to argue with anybody who wants to use those lists, but I think it's important 
to know the other side. And the problem with these lists is that what they don't account for is the the amount of pesticide in terms of how much of that food that we're going to eat. So you've probably heard that phrase, the dose makes the poison. And that's true for anything, you know, even water in a huge, huge amount can be bad for us, right. bad for our bodies. So you know, if, 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 it, if it's that a person would need to eat, you know, 100 pounds of something before there would be a risk, is that re- really a reason that we need to worry? Is there that a reason to alarm people? So um, in, in my researching of this, I interviewed um, a scientist who basically took, and he's not affiliated with, you know, any particular group, independent scientist, and he basically looked at the dirty dozen and looked at the amount of those foods that are in the in the typical diet and looked at the exposures that that those foods would give us when eaten in the typical amounts. And what he found were that the exposures were so far below those sort of maximum safe amounts set by the EPA that he he just felt like this isn't a reason for alarm and concern. And and what it's doing is is needlessly scaring consumers and shoppers. And th- there is some data that that some pe- that shows that some people can get worried and concerned about this to the point that they avoid buying right. fruits and vegetables because they're sort of paralyzed with this fear of of you know what to do and and I can't afford the organic version yeah. or my store doesn't carry it so what should I do maybe I should just not buy the the conventional strawberries and to me as a dietitian that's like oh that's the worst thing to hear that that someone's afraid of of buying fruits and vegetables. So I think before you jump into these lists and, and, and consider them a gospel and carry them around in your wallet like I used to do, it's important to just sort of know um, the um, you know, the the limitations of these lists and, and what the critics have to say and um, that they, they are not sort of the final word on this. Yeah, that's interesting. That's what I always think too, where it's like that fear, you know, well, I, I just don't know. So I'm just not, I'm just going to steer clear of it, you know? And so mm-hmm. that is heartbreaking because it's definitely, you know, a miss and interesting to, you know, see some of those um, things that are out there. It's like, you know, how much you'd actually have to eat um, to for there to be some kind of effect, um, you know, from some of these things. So good information. I'm glad we touched on that because I know that list comes out every year and, and, and there's lots of buzz around it. So good. yeah, there definitely is. Yeah. Good, good to talk about it. Um, so, okay. So we see, you know, on online now, I feel like every headline is like, this is what a dietitian eats for breakfast. This is what a dietitian does to death. <laughs> like, this is what a diet. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like we all like are, you guys are highly sought after. Like we need to know your whole daily routine. <laughs> <laughs> so, which, which is funny. Cause sometimes I feed into those and I'm like, oh, what do they like? What's the list? And then I'm like, hmm. I don't know. I'm not a dietitian, well, it's like but it's like what the celebrities eat in the yeah. back of People magazine or something. I'm like, that's not what they eat. I know. Yeah, exactly. So the big question with you being a registered dietitian, are there things you typically buy organic for your family? I know, like I said, listeners are probably interested to know what you actually buy, you know, looking at this research and knowing what you know, what do you buy organic for your family? Well, just like I used to carry the Dirty Dozen list around, I really used 
to agonize about this. I have to say, I was definitely, you know, one of the people in the grocery store, just sort of like, like I said, paralyzed with like, what do I, what should I do? I just don't know. And the more that I sort of learned and researched about it, the, the, the better I feel now about my strategy. So um, what I do is actually, I, I was interviewing another scientist about this very topic. And she said, you know, what I do is I go into the store with, with you know, when looking at fruits and vegetables, and I look to see like what looks the freshest and the best and what I can afford. And that's what I buy. And some weeks that's conventional and some weeks that's organic. So for instance, our grocery store, I know it's it's probably peak strawberry season for you in Florida, but here in Ohio, the strawberries are still like, you know, on their way. Right. And the organic strawberries have been so much better looking and so much tastier because sometimes I'll buy a container of each and bring them home. And so I've been spending, you know, the dollar, dollar fifty more for the organic strawberries just because honestly they have they have tasted better than the conventional. But you know, in a couple weeks here, when the conventional strawberries are looking better, when we can go to the Yupik farm, you know, then right. then I won't be buying the organic. Um, so that is kind of what I do with fruits and vegetables. I also buy a lot of local stuff, and I kind of prioritize local over organic. So mm -hmm. I get my eggs and um, chicken from a farm nearby. I do the mm -hmm. same with beef. I get like a I share. Um, quarter share yeah. of yep. a cow with a, you know, some neighbors. So, and, and I have visited those farms and, um, and I love supporting the local farmers. I love like, oh, this is where the cattle have grazed or whatever. I, I kind of like that. And so I sort of prioritize that over, does it have the organic label or not? And, you know, that's the, that's the strategy that I've come up with when shopping, but that doesn't have to be yours. It doesn't have to be the listeners. Like, I feel like everybody just has to, to figure out something that allows them to grocery shop without stress and while staying in their budget, because, you know, yes, it's, it's healthy to eat lots of fruits and vegetables, but if you are racked with guilt and worry and mm -hmm. you are extending your budget to buy something because of fears, that's not healthy. So I, I, I do think it's just important that we, that we keep that in mind too. Today's Healthy Bite is brought to you by our partner, Yokiero. Yokiero's guacamole is made with hand-scooped Hass avocados and contains no preservatives, just like if you're making it at home. It's got a super fresh and creamy taste, making it perfect for taco night, Cinco de Mayo, tailgating season, and so much more. Speaking of taco night, have you checked out our amazing taco board on HealthyFamilyProject.com? It's a serious upgrade to Taco Tuesday. Along with guacamole, Yokiero also has a plain mashed avocado, perfect for your morning avocado toast, fresh salsa, and queso. Visit YokieroBrands.com to find their products in a store near you. Now back to the show. I feel like my strategy is similar to yours. It's not anything set in stone. It's kind of like week by week, what I'm seeing, what's in season, what I'm looking at. Um, and I think, I mean, if anyone really, like for us, I, I, I shop a lot at Publix. I, I have multiple grocery stores, but I know that, you know, locally grown, um, we're fortunate here in Florida. We have like a couple growing seasons, you know, with the mm -hmm. weather here. So we have a lot that comes from, you know, direct from the state. But there's a lot of information on the farmers and the farms in store, you know, farm stories where you could even, you know, and I think a lot of um, products now even have, you know, on their 
packaging or QR codes you could scan, not to like, I know we're all strapped for time, so it's not like you're going to sit all day and research every farm that, you know, your produce might come from. But if you were, you know, there's some of those opportunities out there too. I know people are getting really innovative and want to, want shoppers to know how their food you know, is being raised and how it's getting to their table. So I do think more and more the information is there if you want to do, you know, a little dive a little deeper into it. Yeah, I think I think that's so true that and I, and I love that development that people are thinking about well, where does this come from and it's not just well it comes from the store. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, where, where where was it before that and I've been lucky and I'm sure you have to to talk with a lot of farmers very openly and honestly and they all they just want consumers to have the facts and know and they all put so much care into what they do and they're so proud of what they do and I think that that hopefully will be something that people pay more attention and to and and think of when when they're buying their food. For sure. So I think sometimes it's interesting to look at who who regulates what is considered organic. Like the or I was thinking when as I was thinking about questions and like who's who are the organic police? Like who is out <laughs> there? Um can you educate on us on that? Like what can anyone just slap a organic label on their um, you know, box or gummy bears or whatever it might be? Uh, no. <laughs> so the USDA <laughs> regulates that. That's the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and they regulate that. I mean, I suppose you could slap a label on, yeah. but you would probably get see, in trouble see eventually. What, yeah, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so when you do see that label, and especially that, that organic seal, that means that that food or product has met a very strict set of, of requirements. So for instance, if it's uh, fruits or vegetables, it wasn't grown with the use of any synthetic fertilizers or pesticides. If it's it's um, an animal product, if it's meat or eggs or whatever. Um, if it was an animal, it wasn't given any organic, it wasn't given any, um, the, the feed that it was given was all organic. So it wasn't given feed that was grown with those synthetic pesticides or, or herbicides. It wasn't given any antibiotics um, or synthetic hormones, and it did have some access to the outdoors. So that's kind of what that seal means. And then you may see see things that say, you know, made with organic ingredients, which means some of the uh, ingredients are organic, but not all of them. So, so you can rest assured when you see that label that, that it does mean something. And that is opposed to something like the natural, the term natural right. on something, which some people mistakenly think is the same as organic and it's not at all. It is almost meaningless. So <sighs> it really just means there's nothing synthetic added to that product, but it has nothing to do with how it was grown or raised or anything. So that's that's like a tricky thing on again that those those front of package labels, they are they are mostly marketing and that is definitely one that trips up people a lot. So I think I feel like you and I did a podcast on food labels. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to it now. We have it. So if if that could kind of this conversation that we're having right now, if anyone is interested in that, we'll link up to that episode uh, in the show notes and definitely promote it alongside of this episode so that if you are interested in learning more about that, um, those types of things and those those labels and that those words that are being used, you can definitely give a listen to that episode. Um, so what, what online resources do you recommend shoppers look at when they have questions about organic food? 
So, you know, you could certainly go to USDA and read about what the organic label means. You could definitely go to EWG's website and read about their, you know, their lists and and how, you know, their, their point of view. Like, I really think it's important to kind of know both sides of it. But then I recommend people like uh, the food science babe. I don't know if you follow her. On, no. She's big on Instagram. She's a food scientist and she um, she kind of polices sort of misinformation online um, about food. Oh, and I kind love of it. gives like from the food science perspective, you know, you know, there are all those, especially on TikTok, there's TikTok, TikTok. My kids laugh when I go TikTok. TikTok when, you know, there's some weird video about like, look, this spread never mold, got moldy or whatever. And she yes. will sort of explain from the food science perspective, okay, here's why that happened. And here's why you shouldn't be worried about X, Y, Z. So she's a great person to follow to sort of get that, um, that side of it. The farm babe is another, um, she's, uh, she's a farmer and she writes about uh, a lot of just issues that people should know about from the farmer's perspective. So I think, you know, going and looking at both of those, um, you know, going to the EWG, but also hearing from the other side, think people like the food science babe um, to get sort of that well-rounded perspective. And then you can kind of make your decision on, you know, what you feel is best for you. Okay. I just followed her. So I'm excited to, to get Yeah. More. She's, she's getting very <laughs> popular. Yeah. She's, it, yeah, it's, she's really interesting to follow. Cool. Well, I'm excited. That's good. No, those are some great resources and there's a lot out there over on the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> going on I can barely keep up but I I know it started out with fun dances and it kind of parlayed over into like food and recipes and mm-hmm. yeah for know. better or for worse yeah mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my goodness every day it's like a new all the feta cheese is sold out <laughs> yeah I know. because of uh, I still TikTok. haven't made that have you no we I have not had a chance to make it I actually put it on the grocery list when I sent my husband a couple weeks ago and he came home and he goes, so weird. There's no feta. <laughs> I'm like, well, it was on TikTok. So that's probably that's why. So <laughs> like, how did, how did these brands prepare for this? Like the t- it ha- all happens so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you have like no clue what's coming. And then one day, you know, feta cheese is right. nowhere to be found. Um, so... All right. So, okay. So bottom line, I guess we're going to get, getting off track as usual for me. Um, bottom line, what should parents be doing when it comes to buying organic? Sure. So even the environmental working group who comes out with these, these lists every year, even they say, and they say this every year, eating fruits and vegetables is the most important thing, whether they are conventional or organic. And I'm really glad that every year they make note of that. And of course, that doesn't make headlines as much as, you know, the scary, like dirty dozen right. list. But even they say that is the most important thing. So as I said at the beginning, the data is not clear on whether organic food is any healthier um, than conventional. But what the data is pretty clear about is that a diet rich in fruits and vegetables is so good for us, so good for our kids, so good for us. So buy fruits and vegetables, buy the kind that you can afford. Like we said, buy what's in season if you can, buy what looks fresh if you can afford it. You know, stay to your budget so that you're not feeling stressed and overextended. Um, vary Vary the kinds of fruits and vegetables you eat. So that's just good practice for all foods. So if you vary what you eat, you get that sort of 
wide array of nutrients, but you're also lessening your exposure to any one particular, you know, whether it's synthetic or, or organic pesticides. So organic farm farming can use organic pesticides right. as well. So, and then of course, washing everything well, whether it's organic or conventional. I've heard people say like, if it's organic, you don't have to wash it. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yes, you do. <laughs> So, you know, wash it well, um, enjoy fruits and vegetables, enjoy all kinds. And just, you know, like I said, find, oh, find, come to peace with this so that you can feel good about feeding your family, buy lots of fruits and vegetables, and just sort of have that healthy diet that we know, we know, we know is good for you. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing lots of great ideas on buying organic. Before we close out, can you tell listeners where they can find and connect with you? Sure. So I'm obviously on the Healthy Family Project site. Um, I have blog posts there. And then um, I'm at realmomnutrition.com. And you can find me on social media at Real Mom Nutrition. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Please don't forget, if you like Healthy Family Project, which I hope you do, tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. Visit us over on healthyfamilyproject.com. Join our Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you there. Follow us on all of our social. Um, We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. We also have a weekly e-newsletter if you would like everything tied up in one little uh, nice package sent to your inbox every week. You can subscribe to that over on our website. And if you want to talk to me direct, I'm in the Facebook group regularly, and you can tweet with me on Twitter, Amanda M. Kiefer, and the same on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.